everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast, The Shift. I'm Shay Candish, the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association General Secretary and the host of this show. Patient transport nurses play a critical role in our healthcare system, whether it's transporting patients between hospitals, to and from nursing homes, to health facilities, or taking people home after their stints in hospital. They play a vital role in patient care. It's a broad and diverse specialty, but one that's rarely in the spotlight. Today, I'm joined by two wonderful transport nurses, Janelle Anderson and Sue Cameron. Janelle's a transport nurse based in the Lower Hunter and Sue Cameron's based in Southwest Sydney. Both nurses come with decades of healthcare experience and I'm so pleased to be with them today. Hello, welcome to you both. Hi, Shay. Good morning, Shay. Thank you for having us. Thanks for being here. So can you start off by telling us a bit about what transport nursing is uh, and how you kind of fell into this work? Um, Maybe I'll start with Janelle, if that works. Thank you. Well, transport nursing is about picking up the patients that need to be moved um, to another location, another hospital, another aged care facility, x-ray facility, anything where the patient's going. Um, They all have to fit within our guidelines of patient transport. They all have to be between the flags and they have to be a low risk of deteriorating en route. Um, So, yeah, that's what patient transport's about for us. We have um, the type of patient we take is if you're a nurse, and this is what we use our nurse transfers for, is um, paediatric patients, maternity patients, that's obstetric patients, neonatals above three kilos, uh, mental health patients, unscheduled and and scheduled patients. What else am I missing, Sue, there? Um, Let me think. No, I think you've you've covered the the majority of what a a registered nurse does. Mm. Um, And then we also have the the PTOs who also we work with. Definitely. And they they also transfer a, a lower class. Of patients, so we have we lower have lower acuity. Do you mean? Low, so that... yeah, a lower acuity. So yeah. we have we have a class A patient, which is typically um, a mental ambulance. health pa- ambulance yeah. only, uh, and that qualifies for um, mental health, who may require uh, mechanical restraints or um, medically restrained. And and like Janelle said, anybody who is likely to deteriorate needs those red and blue lights. Mm-hmm. That fits a class A. We do class B, so that could be our cardiac patients that are going for mm, angios. That's what I did leave out, the cardiac patients. Yeah, yeah. they're angios. The, oh, I did one yesterday going for a cabbage. Um, we've also got our mums that are going for... Um, Transfers to neonatal yeah. unit babies. Yeah, either, yeah. yeah, for their care or they're following baby because baby's also been flown out for whatever reason. Um so it's a combination yeah. of like inter-hospital transfers, clinic appointments, treatment yes. appointments, yep. things definitely. like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. We also do what we call a, a P3. Mm-hmm. So that works in conjunction with New South Wales Ambulance. So to put it in broad terms, um, it's a very low, lower case ambulance job. So we're either picking up a head strike from a nursing home mm-hmm. and, and take them into um to ED to be triaged yes and then whatever treatment they require Mm -hmm. so yeah and so tell me how did you both end up in this work um because I'm assuming you've had years of nursing experience and how did you end up doing transport I was a 
became a student nurse in 1977. So I've been working for over 40 years as a nurse. I won't say the extra end of 40, but it's <laughs> over 40. Um, yeah, so I was hospital trained in Parramatta, lived a few years in Sydney, but then went to the mid-north coast to raise my family and work in the local district hospital there, which is also, you know, semi-rural as well. In those days, the hospitals did everything and you as a nurse were expected to work everywhere and be able to do everything. And that's why I think I particularly fit well into the patient transport role because I worked from surgical, medical, paediatrics, theatres, working up to ICU, there was in the day then, um, coronary care, and it was a high dependency unit by the time I left there. And, you know, you did everything as well as give an IV antibiotic if someone needed it. Yeah. And also ED, you know, worked there for um, helping after the theatre list, you know, an emergency came in, you all ran to help in ED too. You know, you, you had to be able to do everything. And that's how I think um, I'm suited mainly to patient transport. And I'll say when I came to Newcastle in 2007, it took me some years to find where I belonged yeah right and um and at the time I just thought oh that job will do me till I find something I really want to do but yeah 10 years later I'm still there and I, I love the job yeah and that's um where I will stay yeah. nice and Sue what about you um not been as long as Janelle I started back in the uh, early 90s um so roughly about 30 years um I fell into nursing in a different format, I found that I was, I cared for my mum, I cared for my dad, I cared for a sick husband at that time. I thought, hmm, something's pushing me in this direction. So, mm-hmm. and uh, and it sort of led from there. So I went and did an enrolled nursing and, uh, and then moved to rural New South Wales with that. I did the nursing homes, but I also did... Um, Batlow I worked in Batlow so I did the rural um, sort of run so you did your six acute and your six long term so I think you're a jack of all trades but a master of none (laughs) (laughs) if that that fits as an emergency nurse I feel like I uh, resonate with that you know a bit of everything probably not an expert in any of it but you know enough to get you by yeah an expert's not a word I I like to use I'd say experience yeah but I don't think there is an expert in any discipline to be quite honest but yeah so I went from enrolled nursing and then we moved back to Sydney so then I did my RNs um, specializing in palliative care and I loved that but somehow um, theatre nursing came my way so I'll give it a go and I spent 15 years there yeah, wow. I usually like to travel, like every five years. I think, yeah, no, I need to move. I need mm-hmm. to do enough, something different, just a bit of challenging. And then, um, yeah, I fell into patient transport through a friend. She said, why don't you try it? It might be something that's up your alley. Mm-hmm. You're looking for a, a different change. And, uh, yeah, it is. Like, you need to be a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And so talk me through the last couple of years in the pandemic. What's that meant for patient transport? Oh, that's been rather Huge challenging. changes. Huge changes very, very and challenging. constant change. Yeah. It's been yeah. very difficult two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, for crews on the road particularly, it's been a, um, a struggle, especially mm-hmm. around wearing PPE, I would um, say, but I actually haven't been on the road in that time because I've been a compromised worker. Mm, I've okay. been 
been behind the desk. But um, yeah, just hearing stories from the crews on the road, it's been mm. a tough time. And we're glad to be back into an amber, uh, back into a, I think, are we? At yellow, green? we're yellow. Basically. Yellow, yellow. Yeah. Back into mm. a yellow um, yeah. state now. But Sue would be able to tell you more about the actual on-road difficulties during COVID. Yeah, I suppose it was, uh, without being disrespectful to our regional staff, it was probably a little bit more challenging for the metropolitan guys. Mm. So when the borders opened and the plane flights started coming back in, it was patient transport predominantly that met those um, return travellers and uh, either took them to RPA, which was the normal run-of-the-mill hospital that we went to without symptomatic patients mm -hmm. or they went to the hotels or they went to hospital hotels and the shuffling between mm -hmm. and then of course broader going back out to uh, I think we've got 11 tertiary hospitals so all of them sort of were impacted on it so we were transporting between hospitals between homes so I think overall we transferred like 50,000 COVID patients mm. amongst doing our normal, what they call business as usual work and anything else. So uh, yeah, it was quite challenging. Um, mm. At one stage, they set up a, a makeshift base at uh, Sydney airport. Mm -hmm. And then as it got bigger and the demand was more, they increased the service to a 24 hour service. Mm. And then they opened up a smaller branch out at Parramatta and, and that's still existent today. But obviously they don't do the airport transports anymore. So they're incorporated in our business as usual team. It was really remarkable. I know um, from my perspective, working with the ministry around some of the changes that were happening and, you know, listening to some of the local health districts. I remember one of them had spoken about, um, uh, you know, getting a bus basically to drop people to their front door once they were discharged um, because technically they were still in isolation but didn't need to be um, in hospital. And so as part of their patient flow measure, they had a COVID bus and mm -hmm. they would drop That's people right. door to door. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think the innovation was pretty remarkable yeah. um, at times. And obviously as we went through some of those really big peaks when they brought on centralised patient transport for um, transfers from ICUs, you know, one ICU to the other. Um, it was really interesting to listen to some of the thinking and some of the logistics around how all of that worked. So um, I can imagine it was uh, change like never before for it patient was, transport. Yeah. And that implementation of the bus, that was one of their last um, big changes, you know, they had to implement, yeah, mm. because of the volume of patients that were all COVID positive needing transporting home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty remarkable. Yeah. So talk me through um, in the normal kind of day-to-day -day work that you do, what are the physical demands of the job and what are the sort of unique challenges that you have um, in a transport environment? Um, physical challenges? Well, as Janelle said, we, we transfer into hospital. I suppose the main physical challenge is actually bringing people in from their own homes, mm -hmm. the residential homes, where you have to work outside the square. Mm. You've got 55 stairs in, in a, a block of flats with maybe five landings. And most of the time we take them back. So we're not afforded the um, 
the the hover jacks so we don't get to call um fire is mm. it's physical brute force mm. <laughs> um if they're unable to physically go up the stairs for whatever reason and they're bed bound then it's a, a carry sheet a very heavy I don't know it's plastic yeah heavy duty plastic and yeah they're rolled mm -hmm. and it needs a second crew now if that's not already pre-assessed and, uh, and assigned then you know we get there we go okay that information hasn't been transferred we sit on the side of the road we wait for an extra crew to come wow. it's timely uh, summer is not great time to do anything like that it should yeah. Be, yeah and then physically yeah up we go um, coming down is a little bit different because we do have the beauty of a stair chair, which has like a rollator on the back. So okay. there's different, oh, as you can appreciate, there's different body mechanics going down as opposed yeah. to going up. Most of the time it's we return them after the ambulance have brought them in. Mm. So you have to be reasonably physically fit. Yeah. Or make sure you're working with a nice big man on that and day. prepared for anything <laughs> by the sounds of it. And yes, and that's so going home is in all types of clement weather. Mm. So. And what about, you know, animals and safety risks and things like that? You presented yeah. with all of those sorts of challenges as well. Yeah, the dogs, we, we are asked that prior to going, is there any animals? Mm -hmm. um, and can they be locked behind? A door or something so we can not be bitten mm. uh, yeah so it, it does have a lot of challenges I can tell you mm. and what about what do you love what do you love about this work well I love to talk to people <laughs> so you, you can get a whole life story in the back of that van talking to them um you know where they've come from how they get how did you get into hospital what you know um and just finding out who they are uh, and just, I don't know, just providing a, a um, what do I say, just a, a, a skill and a task that no one else does. Yeah. Because we're so unique in what we do. We go to every area of the hospital, mm. from paediatrics right through to the morgue mm. and everywhere in between. So we grab different people from different walks of life. And yeah, I just like to talk, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Janelle? What do you love about it? I have to say it is the stories, mm. that one-to-one, -one, that you don't struggle with that ratio issue on the wards. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you have the time to talk to people, to educate people. I think that's an area where um, nurses in transport are underutilised. Mm. I think mm. you can do a lot, a lot with education with the patient in the vehicle, especially if they've had, um, you know, an angiogram that day, you know, being told something in the recovery unit, you know, they're a bit out of it and, you know, what are you mm. talking about? They just had that procedure. You've got time in that vehicle to go over, you know, post-operative care and um, your appointments and further down the track what you should be doing. Just that one-to-one 30-minute -one journey, I think, can um, be meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah at a time when they're more receptive to hearing yeah, it as well. Yeah, that's right. They're more yeah. awake, you know, and and they've got time to reflect on their admissions when you pick up people too. They want to tell you what's happened to them in hospital. They want to know, um, you know, why it's what's happened, why it happened. You know, I didn't understand what the doctor was talking about. You know, I think, you know, we're underutilised a lot in transport. Mm. Yeah. And so talk me through, obviously, with one of you living in Metro, one living in regional, uh, what are the unique kind of aspects of um, doing this work in a regional town or doing this in a metro environment? 
Um, well, we only have the one tertiary hospital, but it covers a great area, a really big area, I believe. New England areas, you know, like bigger than England, sort of, I've you know, <laughs> been told, you know, what the region we cover. Yeah. So we do take a lot of patients that have been um, injured, you know, if it's a trauma hospital, they've had big procedures done, and we're taking them long distances back to where they came from. Usually it's to Coffs Harbour or Tamworth or, you know, up to Port Macquarie, those sorts of lengths, you know, from their procedures. A lot of um, craniotomies that they don't like to fly. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, we'll move those by road. Um, and that can be quite challenging because mm -hmm. they, they are cognitively impaired. So, you know, that that is... Um, can be a, a long drawn out um, <laughs> transfer mm. at times. You have lots of stops. You have to prepare for all that um, before you're leaving the hospital. You have to think about, you know, how many times we'll have to stop, where to stop, how much food we have to take with us, you know, their toileting. And you're on your own on that road. Mm. Um, you've got, you work autonomously um, with a team that you might be able to, ring if you're in um if you're you know in the area it works the phone or your text message fortunately um as sue mentioned you do have great support from the ptos the patient transport officers mm. they've also usually got a ambulance nursing slash rural fire you know background mm. and they're also um trained you know or on the job or they've done courses so they're, um, they're your right hand at the time if you do run into an issue, yeah. Mm. Because you can ring New South Wales Ambulance, but, you know, they're, they're going to be 30 minutes away, 45 minutes. Yeah. Or you have to work out if you need to, which local hospital does have a doctor that you can call into if you need one. It's no good stopping at Buller Dealer. They do not have a doctor. Yeah. You know, you have to work all that out before you go. And yeah. So and what we've got a lot of really experienced nurses, you know, yeah. you have to be um, resourceful, yeah. you know, and, um, and know what you're doing. Yeah. And what about the equipment? What sort of equipment do you have available to you when you're out on the road? Um, we, or, or if you're a, what they call a CRN, a coronary care nurse, we carry um, a defibrillator you know ECG monitoring you know but not 12 lead you can just you know but every um base has some different equipment but you know all the vehicles have a defibrillator you know everyone does their basic life support we all do that annually yeah. um, and nurses we used to do advanced life support care but that's been deemed out of scope and I think that's the other thing the as a transport nurse, you have to uh, realise what your scope of practice is mm. and stick to that. If you're not comfortable to take a baby because you've never taken a baby before, never looked after a baby or, you know, you're not compelled to do that. You'd have yeah. to you know, say that is out of my scope, move it on to another person yeah. who has got those skills and, um, and feels comfortable doing the job. Mm. Yeah. And Sue, talk me through what, what it's like doing this work in a metro environment. Um, it can be a mixture of, of, of long trips as well. So um, we can travel out to Orange 
sometimes Dubbo, mm -hmm. down, to, down to Canberra. Mm -hmm. But like I said before, it, it's bumping between those. And we have like four major bases in the Sydney area. So we have one out of Regents Park, Kings Park, Preston's where I'm at, and, and um, I think we have Warrawong as well, which is the Wollongong area. Um, so we all bump between the 11 tertiary hospitals. So you can have quick sharp, um, well, I said quick sharp, got about an hour to an hour and a half turnaround per patient. So on a good day, going between Bankstown to Liverpool, if that's all I'm doing all day, I can I can transport seven seven patients. But then that means all your ducks must be lined in a row. So everything perfectly, must, I would imagine. Perfectly, <laughs> yes. So you know that's, and I suppose that's where we can see our colleagues in the hospital system uh, are just falling behind with this ratio business. Mm -hmm. uh, and that does affect us yeah. because, you know, they go, look, I'm really sorry. The notes aren't ready. The medical, we didn't have time to chase the, you know, the, the paperwork. Um, I'm sorry. The patient did need to be changed, but we just, so we feel for them. Yeah. And, and, and indirectly it does affect our progress and, and how, how quick we can do a turnaround and get going to the next hospital because then it impacts on where my next job might be Campbelltown. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we we bump we can bump quite quickly but jobs between the, the local hospitals. But, like I said, you know, I can do a Canberra um, with a baby or out to Orange to a mental health. It, it can be fast. It can be slow. It, it's a bit of a, a mixture. But, um yeah, and, and so we need ratios everywhere, don't we? That's the we need ratios. <laughs> That's everywhere. the thing. It did surprise me when I'd attend the um, rallies we had the last three that um, the first two people, and I heard this from our Sydney nursing patient transport nurses too, that nurses were saying, "Oh, thanks for supporting us and coming and supporting us." And I'm saying, "Hey guys, we're New South Wales health nurses too." It affects us. Everyone, yeah. It affects yeah, us all, you know, and mm. I think, um, yeah, people have to realise that about patient transport nurses. We are New South Wales health nurses. We're experienced nurses. Mm -hmm. We have a long history of nursing with New South Wales health. Yeah. We need to be recognised as that as well. Absolutely. But also I think, you know, we're all part of a system, right? And it's so interconnected. Oh, when yeah. something happens in one place, there's a knock-on effect somewhere else, exactly yeah, as you were right. saying, Sue. Yeah. So yeah. when we fix something in one place, yeah. we can expect to see a knock-on somewhere else as well. Exactly. We're exactly. under the clock as well, knowing that, you know, you've got this 15 or 20-minute turnaround that you have to, you know, move that patient in. And we're not making it a lot mm. of the time. Mm. Yeah. 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 I suppose that's the KPI, isn't it? That you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That affects us because um, they haven't got the staff in ratios and on the wards. Yeah. To be able to yeah. offload or pick up. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly right. Find the staff member, get the paperwork together. You know, it's not there waiting for you anymore. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you both. It's been a fascinating chat today. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you think we need to cover uh, up? I would like to mention, Shay, that um, our, our work is quite diverse. So like, us, you know, the hospital, the residential home, aged care facilities. Uh, but we've also been deployed to, um, to the areas where they're under threat with fire. So we actually had to do all the evacuations. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, what was that like? 
uh, that was interesting going into some of those nursing homes that are so narrow you think oh my goodness you know mm. to get someone out of there very quickly it was strategic. It, it did flow quite smoothly. Um, we were also sent down to the south coast for some time to help down there. With the bushfires uh, there with as the bushfires well. Bushfires yeah. moving, triaging them out. Uh, so not only do we just do hospital work, mm. um, we can come under the emergency operations command. Yes, very um, true. And and de be deployed anywhere to to assist. We're also, um, you know, if we don't have a patient on board. We stop at motor vehicle accidents. Mm. Um, we offer first responders, you know, assistance while the ambulance is on their way. So we all have a hard hat. We all have a hard hat. We have wet weather gear. Um, I've been out directing traffic, trying because you know it, not everybody has the i um, the ideal situation as far as parking our vehicles. Mm. I've been bogged in people's front yards. I've had to get down on my knees and and put things under wheels. So. It's a really broad job. It, it sounds like you've got to be prepared for everything. Jack of all trades and a master of none. <laughs> and very resourceful. Yeah. And I just, yeah. And I'd just like to also mention that um, PTS is never mentioned in the ambulance ramping in mm. EDs. Mm. It affects us mm. as well. And we're often, we're not the ones that are moved first either. Mm. The acuity of the ambulance patient of naturally takes precedent. Yes. But our crews are caught up in that every day. Yeah. Yeah. And the patients are on that stretcher and we're waiting for that bed as well. Yeah. It's not just the ambulance service. Again, it's another one of those examples, isn't it? Because of yeah. the system nature doesn't seem to matter where, you know, where there's a problem in one place, there's a flow on to everyone. Yeah. That block yeah. creates problems for all of us, I think. Yeah. And the other thing I think should get a mention is that um, when PTS moved over and made a separate service from New South Wales Ambulance, that was in 2016. That was initiated from the Garling Report Commission, you know, in mm -hmm. 2008. Um, I was at one of those local health nurses that came across to patient transport when it mm. moved over to HealthShare. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and from that, we formed our PTS branch to make sure that our um, awards were still maintained and some things were changed slightly, unfortunately, I think, in some ways. Um, but we started off with um, probably, I don't know, six or ten nurses in that branch and um today we've got 105 i think is mm. the last count or 103 mm -hmm. it started in newcastle and now we've got members all over new south wales up and down the coast so i'm very proud of that yeah and i think that's a great example of where um members can kind of create a branch that represents their specific interest right because yeah, obviously sure. if you're part of your local hospital branch the work you do is a bit different so being yeah. able to connect with um, other members in similar situations across the states a really great way to kind of elevate your voice and build that collective power it is yeah excellent and we've made lots of contacts you know from that branch and um where we were once isolated groups separately not working together having no idea what went on elsewhere it's I think it's changed that um too mm, I bet 
Well, thank you both. It's been fabulous chatting with you both. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you for the opportunity. We'll be right back after a quick word about the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association's Member Advantage Program. Did you know that as a member of the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association, you can save thousands of dollars a year through our Member Advantage Program? Your union membership gives you access to discounts for everything from groceries, white goods from the good guys, holidays, and even a new car. You can access it through your Member Central portal. And if you're not yet a member, join today by going to nswnma.asn.au to enjoy the benefits straight away. That's it for this episode of The Shift with Shay. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sue and Janelle and look forward to seeing you in a fortnight with more stories from the world of nursing and midwifery. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you have an interesting story you'd like to share with us, let us know by emailing us on the shift podcast at nswnma.asn.au. This podcast was recorded on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging and recognise that this land was never ceded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.